Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Episode 28, have a maximum class size. Hello, my name is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net and you're very welcome to this week's episode of If I Were the Minister for Education, where I take, every week I take a subject that I think would improve our education system at primary level if I were the Minister for Education. Uh, this week I'll be focusing on the INTO's favourite subject, which is reducing class sizes. And um, I'll be taking a look at um, what are the facts and uh, seeing uh, what I would do if I were in the position of the Minister. Um, I might mention to you uh, just something that you might not know about uh, in our episodes that every week I write notes for each subject and for this actual episode my notes were the shortest ever. They were one sentence long um, and the reason for telling you this really isn't so you can uh, is to let you know that there are notes for each of these episodes and to find them all you need to do is type into your web browser www.onshot.net slash and the number of the episode now use three digits for the number of the episode so episode one will be zero zero one and you, you, anyway you, you get the idea um, about that um, just I suppose to start uh, to introduce this subject Ireland's class sizes aren't actually the highest in the OECD, but in many other ways, they are. Now, even with this contradictory sentence, it goes to show that we can't actually believe anything about the statistics we're reading about when it comes to class sizes. The government actually say our class sizes are anything in between 15 and 24 when they're announcing what Ireland's class sizes are, which is a massive difference. Um, The reality really is that class sizes in Ireland are probably an average of about 27 or 28. I mean, ultimately, there are some class sizes which are very, very tiny, particularly in small schools. Um, And then, obviously, because of the average would bring that down, there are some class sizes that are well above 30. Um, And there are a couple of uh, classes in Ireland where there are more than 40 students. I mean, effectively, really, um, the figures probably mean nothing. So in this episode, I'm going to try and explore class size, whether it really matters, but I'm also going to come up with some sort of system where if I were the Minister for Education, there would be something called a maximum class size. So what is the optimal class size? I think that's a good place to start this episode. There's no general agreement um, that I found anywhere on the, in the research um, uh, that I've done, but most studies do seem to say that between 15 and 22 looks like your optimal class size, it, but it does depend on who's writing it. And it's even more complicated than that. There isn't actually a definitive answer and it actually depends on what you're looking for. So for example, if you are looking at PISA results um, only as an indicator of success, and we know that the government uh, did this uh, when they were looking at literacy and numeracy scores back in 2009, and that's why we have SSE. If that's your sole focus for what a, a good education system looks like, well, class size then actually doesn't matter at all. The highest achieving countries regularly um, have higher class sizes um, uh, than, than the OECD average. For example, South Korea, with which when it was um, in the top two or three in the education system, 
um, a lot of their classes were well over 30 on an average. But ultimately, almost all the research actually comes down to the quality of teaching um, being more important. But even that's disputable. In fact, studies actually show that reducing class size doesn't really have the impact that one might think. And here's a segment from a study from Weston Kiechnik, who says, the truth is, a teacher whose class goes from 30 to 20 is unlikely to change anything about his or her instruction as a result of the decrease. You would think such a reduction would lend itself to more individualized and personalized instruction, but it doesn't. Individualization and personalization are the byproduct of an acquired skill set that is cultivated through the addition of purposeful professional development, not the subtraction of students from a learning space. What does change, however, is student behavior. And why is that? That's because it's simply more difficult for students to hide undesirable behaviors when there's fewer kids in the room. So it stands to reason that fewer opportunities for distraction will lead to more prolonged opportunities for attention. And that seems to be an that's a very interesting point that he says a lot in such a short amount of space that basically more important than reducing class size is basically the change in teacher attitude. Um, and, and when I say attitude, I just mean by their practice. So for example, if you're teaching um, a group of 30 in a particular way, and that's how you've been teaching them for quite some time, and then all of a sudden you get a smaller class, do you actually change the way you teach? Or are you teaching the same way just with fewer students? And is the only thing that really changes um, the fact that you have less behavioral issues and therefore it seems to be better? I, I'm not sure there's a lot in that. And um, in some ways, some might say, well, that is an advantage in, 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 in itself that you've less behaviors, uh, undesirable behaviors. So therefore, you'll have better outcomes. But, um, you know, it's something worth considering. But being honest, really, putting a number on class size is probably not the most useful thing in the world, really. But it is indisputable that lower class sizes are mostly better than higher class sizes. But even that is a misnomer. Okay, sometimes too small a class can be a disadvantage in other ways. And it really depends what we're looking for. So we're, we are saying, yeah, higher class sizes certainly are more disadvantage than smaller class sizes, but only to a certain point. Um, I mean, and let's, like, like, let's say we're looking at a, a holistic educational experience. I mean, let's, let's look at that. So if it was all about literacy and numeracy, yeah, sure, we could go down one to one and definitely you get better results the lower you go. However, if you think more holistically, um, rather than learning in a traditional way of the teacher instruction um, and, and the child learning through a teacher, you know, that, that, that kind of model of just the um, didactic model, um, definitely the smaller the better. But if we're trying to learn from each other um, and we're trying to practice 21st century skills that we actually need, um, communication and collaboration, all that sort of stuff, actually having too small a class can be detrimental according to the studies. The other thing that we don't want to confuse um, when we're talking about class size is the difference between class size and pupil-teacher ratio. Now that might seem a bit odd because they sound very, very alike. Why? What would be the difference between a class size and a pupil-teacher ratio? Um, and I mean, in most cases, in single stream schools or double stream schools, uh, they kind of are, I suppose. But once you look at small schools, the figures can actually be very, very different. For example, in a mixed class, let's say in a two-teacher school, you could have 20 children in a classroom. So that's a pupil-teacher ratio of 20 to 1. However, a class size in that particular, um, in that particular room um, could be argued by whoever wants to manipulate the data. 
So let's say you're, you're on that lucky situation. You've only got five per, per, that year, uh, per each year group in that classroom. You have junior infants, senior infants, first class and second class. Some might say your class size is five because you have five junior infants, five senior infants, five first class and five second class. It's, look, it's um, <laughs> a class of 20 is small in anybody's book, uh, in Ireland anyway. So we really, but anyway, the point is we have to be very careful about who is reporting the data because sometimes the truth is in what isn't said and we need to really be careful of that. So as I said before, the government are experts at manipulating class size. For example, the government likes to say that our pupil-teacher ratio, now it depends who's questioning it, is 15.3 to 1 at primary level. Now, how many of you have 15 children in a, in a class if you're in a single-stream school, let's say, or in a, in, let's say not a small school? Now, as every teacher in the country knows, it's nonsense. 15.3 to 1 is nonsense, unless you're in a very, very small school. And, there's, and it's also, this is a sneaky thing. What they do, the government, it's sneaky, which is, you know, which is what they're good at, I guess, is what they do is they divide the entire teaching staff of a school, including your set teachers, your support teachers, in order to reduce the number of pupil-teacher ratio. They also include special ed uh, classes as well, teachers there, because there's only six to one in those classes. So basically, let's, let's just take my school, for example, okay? So take out the support teachers for example, out of the equation. And we have a pupil-teacher ratio of 27 to 1, which probably sounds about right to most schools. Now, if you slot in my support teachers, our pupil-teacher ratio goes right down to 17 to 1. Now, I mean, I would imagine you can do that with your own school and you'll see the difference. But in any case, despite all the manipulation of numbers um, and all that sort of stuff, we actually can't believe anything the government say as because they want to look good, depending on what they're looking at, um, according to OECD norms. So ultimately, even though they're not lying, um, I guess, um, about these class rate, uh, pupil teacher ratios, they are, they're lying, pure lying. Um, they say they are, uh, uh, but then what they do is in the budget then, they go and say, oh, we're reducing class sizes uh, to 26 to one pupil teacher ratio. Um, when they're reporting about uh, in the budget uh, to just an Irish audience. So, um, but then in another case, they say it's roughly 50, 15 to 1. So there's a full um, gap of 11 uh, pupils in their, in their lie. I mean, what is true, really? You know, that's, that's the question. Look, at the end of the day, it's very, very confusing because depending on what people want. Um, so, for example, if I wanted to argue that our class sizes are too large, what I will do is I will try and find the least uh, good, op, you know, good version of the, of the statistics. I will find um, the statistics which shows that there are, you know, 1% of primary schools have more than 40 children in a class. Um, that's, that's a damning uh, statistic. Um, whereas the governments who don't want to do this will say, oh, the average uh, class size is 15 to 1. So, that's what we're, um, that's, I mean, really the figures and the numbers and statistics are actually um, quite um, useless to us. And to be fair, it's all very confusing. However, what I think is we're not asking the right question about class size. And what I think the, the right question really would be is the focus on holistic education, because that's what schools really should be doing and what we should be focusing on is on a, on, on a holistic education system and what and I think if we can ask the right question, looking for the best version of that, then I think we can be on the right track about getting um, 
uh, getting uh, into class the class size argument and to me it can be best explained by that goldilocks um idea the the idea that there's a uh, class sizes that are too small there's class sizes that are too big and then there's class sizes that are just right and uh, more or less more or less and um, according to all the research that's out there or the main research that's out there it seems that under 15 a class size of under 15 is too small for a good holistic education system and um, and anything above 22 is too big to be able to do a good holistic education system so the sweet spot the goldilocks spot really is 15 to about 22 and that's about just right and um, now the just to complicate things a little further though and this might uh, this might not be music to teachers ears once you go over 22 there isn't that much significant damage really after 22 the difference between 22 23 28 isn't that much in terms of let's say the damage potential damage that that class size does but it's it's still not great as we said in that, that last piece of research you know you do you do the bigger the class size the more um the more chances are uh, there are of uh, undesirable behaviors and i guess even that alone is an argument itself so look effectively we're looking at a sweet spot of about 15 to 22 15 to 23 roughly so if i were the minister for education i think that's where i'd set i'd be at I'd basically be setting a maximum class size of about 22, maybe 23, probably 22, but I'd also set a minimum class size as well, because I think if you're going to set a maximum class size, it's right to set a minimum class size, and that's what we need to, uh, and that's how we need to work things out. And I would set basically a maximum class size maybe at about 23, and a minimum class size at about 13 to 14, and staff allocations would be set in that manner, okay? So rather than at, um, Rather than in the current system, um, which uh, where staff allocation is done based on just the, the the highest number, I'd also be looking at a minimum number as well per class, rather than a total. And uh, class allocations are done on the total number of students in a, in a school. I'm looking at classes. Um, uh, if I were the minister for education, however, where would that actually leave small schools? Because I'm sure I heard in the background, what 13 to 14 children is a minimum. There's barely 13 to 14 children in the school um, for some small schools. And certainly in some two-teacher schools, that's the case. Um, so where does it all leave schools? Well, in areas where there are less than 15 pupils in the entire school, how does it work? And even in areas where there's about 25 to 30 pupils, how will that work? And the truth is, it wouldn't. It actually doesn't work, this theory. And further truth is, like everything else in the Irish education system, class size can't be fixed in isolation. We can't just fix class size and in isolation. We actually have to fix more than, the, um, than just the class size. As always, almost all of our episodes on Anshaw.net on the If I Were the Minister for Education come down to the same conclusion. We have this overly complex education system which is based on open competition and the survival of the fittest mentality schools compete with each other to enroll children and many will do anything anything to get an edge over their neighboring school or parish and this system and basically the system as we have it encourages it by linking enrollments to the grants that are paid to school and by linking the number of teachers that teach in the school on a particular date in the middle of the school year so if a school is is basically one short of these figures they lose a teacher so schools will do whatever it takes to get that pupil into the school even if it means screwing over their neighbor and, and, and i mean that's 
I mean, I don't think I'm—I don't think I'm being controversial saying that. I mean, we've seen that in lots of different areas, and um, it carries over into everything. You know, for example, when those set allocations come out, have been coming out for the last two years, um, every time uh, the, the two times they've been released, it's like a scrap between ducks being thrown breadcrumbs. I think I've described it as that before. You know, they're basically here's your set allocations. People are trying to team up and screw everybody else. They want to keep their teacher, um, rather than actually thinking of the of the system in itself. Um, and in truth, we are actually part of the problem. We, we're, we're very good at giving out about the government not doing anything about class size and all this sort of stuff. We're part of the problem. And when our union constantly makes class size their number one issue in their budget campaigns every year, they're basically exasperating the problem. It's too simplistic and it actually doesn't do anything to help because what that means is teachers with schools try to get to be that number um, and, and they will do everything they can rather than things being done more systematically and and basically not have, not linking enrollment to grants or teacher allocations. That has to change if class size is going to change. So by asking, we're basically asking all the wrong questions really and fighting among each other. And our union is really unable to figure out what they actually stand for. So all the while Ireland has the second highest pupil teacher ratio in Europe, which is second uh, only to the UK. And as soon as Brexit happens, I, I mean, it's been uh, at this time of the recording, it still hasn't happened um, and a, a few months late. We're actually going to have the highest uh, pupil-teacher ratio in the EU. However, if you look at the UK, though, in further depth, things are even worse for Ireland. In the UK, about two-thirds of all classes, at least two-thirds of all classes, have teaching assistants. These are people who are in classrooms. They are they're not qualified teachers, but they are allowed uh, basically team teach um, and and it basically your, your your lead teacher your qualified teacher basically sets the lessons and they tell this teaching assistant you know to work with different groups almost like a learning support teacher in a way but but not that because they have learning support teachers in the UK this is um this is somebody else in the classroom it's like having another I suppose um like a, a teaching assistant someone who's going to help you in your classroom we don't have that so really um, the effect of a teaching assistant really lowers the pupil-teacher ratio in a classroom in reality because they can take groups, they can work with a, a room to lower the amount of people that the main teacher is working with, um, which was something, as I say, didn't uh, doesn't happen in Irish schools. And one could argue if you included teaching assistants in the UK, their ratios are lower than the average mark uh, of, of the EU or the OECD even. Um, and the closest basically, just to, so I mean, let's say we allow that. Now I'm not going to allow that because it isn't, it, it isn't fair, but let's say cut the UK out of it. Okay, so Ireland is, is, is up there um, with its, its uh, pupil teacher ratio. But let's look at the third place to European country um, in, um, in class size. And the closest one to Ireland in terms of class size since the, uh, at the last counts was um, is in France, and that's actually two children lower than Ireland. So it's two less on average than Ireland, down to about twenty three to one, twenty two and a bit to one. And the next country after that is another one and a half children less again, and that's Hungary. So in fact, there's no country except for Ireland. And, and, and the UK, let's say, and the UK is higher than the Goldilocks sweet spot. There's no country in the EU except for Ireland and the, and the UK where they have a class higher than that identified sweet spot, the Goldilocks sweet spot. I'm repeating it again. That's more than 23. And no country, by the way, is lower than 15 either. 
So every country in the EU has a class size of between 15 and 22, 23 even. So effectively, our class sizes are actual total outliers. We don't even have the excuse of teaching assistants. So to me, that's even worse. And I, I, it, it's a very, very interesting um, thing to say, I think. I mean, can you, can you, I think it's quite unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot of things that Ireland are unique in. And I, we, in, in a previous episode, it brings me back to a previous episode about single sex schools, where we're complete outliers when it comes to that too, in, in the world, um, not, not just Europe, but if you just do Europe, Ireland, I think, was it 16% of Irish primary schools are single sex? The nearest one to that was Mexico at 10, but in Europe, I think it was 1% or something like that. I mean, we're total outliers. In class size, we are outliers. We are the only country in the EU, um, we are one of the only two countries in the EU where our class sizes are higher than what would, that research would indicate as being, um, as being good practice. And sure, look, you know, I mentioned the reason for that is because it, it's exasperated by this infighting between ourselves, the open competition between schools, that, that schools will compete against each other for numbers. And while we're fighting amongst each other, let's just throw in second level schools into the argument. Because in Ireland, again, it's another outlier sort of thing. In Ireland, we actually have, at secondary schools have a lower pupil TC ratio on average than Ireland. Now it's really, really difficult to actually get the exact figure for what it is. Um, and the Department of Education are, are lying through their teeth. But I mean, uh, when they when they say their their pupil teacher ratio, but they've um, when they're in the in the sentence uh, the, uh, in the research that I was doing, where I found that um, the Department of Education say we have a fifteen point three to one pupil teacher ratio at primary school. They said in second level it's thirteen point eight to one, and that's from the Department of Education. So I mean, if we if we were to compare how they got to that figure in primary schools, their real figure is probably about twenty four to one, and I'm pretty sure it's that's that's about right. I was looking at. The the ASTI website and it does seem that 24 to 1 seems to be what they're at which is smaller than than Ireland's real about two to three students per classroom lower than primary level and this flies in the face of every single bit of research which states that the younger the children are the size of the class matters more so basically all research seems to indicate that very very young children need need smaller class sizes more than older children and in Ireland we do basically the opposite and sure look we'll fight more let's let's throw another bit of a fight into the ring let's throw the Gwail Skull in there my one of some of my favorite uh, one of my favorite things even though they say right so the Gwail Skull even though they say they have exactly the same issues in terms of special educational needs almost every Gwail Skull that I know uh, and maybe maybe I'm wrong but I can't I can't be a coincidence that a hundred percent of Gwail Skull that I know they separate their infant classes um, into smaller sizes by using a special education teacher um, so a two-stream Grail school will divide their junior infants to three separate classes and use a set teacher as the third teacher. So it would be a three-stream infant class, which basically, um, which basically makes them, uh, them smaller classes at infant level, which, okay, yes, it's, 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 it's following very good practice in terms of class size. But up until recently, it was totally illegal. I mean, they say, I mean, they argue, oh, look, I know the Gwail Skull people, they argue it's totally to do with immersion and everyone, and, and you know, and, and while well, everyone else around them rolls their eyes at the inequality about this. But anyway, while they did it, while they did it illegally for many years, the government just gave into that in 2016. And they now allow Gwail Skull to have a much lower pupil teacher ratio in infant classes, thus giving them a further advantage than they already have if everyone's really being honest. Which, of course, we aren't being honest because we aren't 
like a very honest country when it comes to controversial issues. We tend to pretend they're not happening. Um, now, I wonder how they have that spare special education teacher um, and that, that can take this entire infant class when the rest of us struggle on. But of course, I'm just being anti-Guelskin, aren't I? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I'll be accused of anyway, sure. Um, but uh, as I said, that's uh, just something to throw into the mix. However, looking at it another way, they're right <laughs> in some ways. One of the single best things you can do in lower classes, in younger children's in, in young in, in younger children's classes, is to reduce the class size. It matters on children are about seven or eight years of age. So when the Guelph School used this spare set teacher to reduce their class sizes significantly, so by a third basically, they are actually doing very they are basically doing what is very good practice. Despite the fact they're doing it through dodgy me means they're still doing very good practice. So why don't we do it in English medium schools? Well, you know, I think if you're in English medium school, if you have a spare set teacher that can take uh, that can take an entire strand of a, um, a, a, a an entire stream of a class, well, you know, you're very lucky, and you should totally do it and take advantage of the fact that you can do it. Um, anyway, despite all this. Um, I think this is probably the most confusing episode I've ever done. I'm throwing all these things everywhere and everything I say has a contradictory message. You know, some the, 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 the average class size in Ireland has been anything from 15 to 27 to 22 to 29 to, I mean, um, you know, and people are, every, every argument I give has a contradictory statement. It's all very confused. And you should be totally confused because everyone, that's everyone you'd speak to about class size says something different. I've studied several different papers about class sizes in, uh, for this episode. And some of the things that are being said, um, like every second paper said class size does matter. And every second paper, the other paper said, said exactly the opposite. However, one thing that every seem th everyone seems to agree on is up until around the age of seven or eight, and I've just mentioned that, is small class size matters a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and right now, we are squeezing between 27 and 34-year-olds into classrooms with one teacher, and we're expecting things to go right. Now, the government have so far given nothing to primary schools, um, except sort of that little nice thing that, they, that they've, they've allowed Gwellskull to use their support teacher to um, make their infant classes smaller to do this, but they need to do it to everybody. Ultimately, they should really give an extra teacher to all two-stream primary schools so that they can divide their infant classes into three streams and then bring them back, and that would get the job done. Well, that is apart from providing the extra room and, you know, and all the infrastructure and so on and so on. You get the picture. In, every, in Ireland, everything is way more complicated than it should be. And that doesn't even go into what to do with smaller schools. Like, not every school is a two-stream primary school. In fact, most schools aren't in Ireland. But anyway, let's say, okay, let's, taking everything aside, let's say we actually had a working primary education system. The government might argue that reducing class sizes to 20 to 1 from where they are right now, which is about, in reality, 26, 27 to 1, from where they are right now is a pipe dream. How can you actually, in one fell swoop, reduce class sizes from 26 to 1 to 20 to 1? 
that's just a pipe dream. You know, we just, we have a laugh about it with the INTO every year. They say, oh, you need to reduce class sizes. And we go, oh yeah, we will reduce class sizes. Or when it comes to elections and the hustings, they're nearly competing for how little they can put into a classroom. You know, they have a little dance every year about it, but ultimately nothing actually happens. But the fact is, it can happen. It can happen. And many countries, and, and, and in fact, some countries have done it. For example, Turkey reduced their class sizes from an average of 27 to 1 to 21 to 1 in the last 10 to 15 years. Done. South Korea went from over 30 to 1 down to 23 to 1. I'm just saying that because it's totally possible. And we're not um, in the depths of a recession anymore. It could be done very quickly. However, rather than asking about class size, I'm going to move it on a little bit. Because to be honest with you, Ireland's education system is so complex that messing around class size doesn't isn't going to have effect and perhaps we're actually asking completely the wrong question when we look at class size because there is no way to untangle our current education system so it's ready to talk about class size more importantly i think we should be asking about what is the optimal school size now that's the controversial question and i know um it's not the it's not the question that a lot of people want to be asking but some people have and in fact, anyone who has been uh, who has done research on school size, all the main studies indicate that 400 to 500 pupil schools are the optimal primary school size. And how many of those are in Ireland? Well, less than 12% of primary schools would be considered an optimal school size. Why is a 400 to 500 pupil school considered to be an optimal school size? There's lots of reasons in terms of, uh, it's not just about instruction, it's not just all that kind of stuff, that, that aside, it's actually what you can do in terms of facilities. Um, for example, you can have a big, P, you can have, I mean, I'm just thinking of, 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 of a, you know, a, a big school with four to, uh, we call it big school. Um, you know, you've got a big PE hall, you probably have kitchen facilities, you probably have a proper library, you um, would have access to a bigger yard, you should have a football pitch or several fo- or several pitches and be able to, and be able to utilize them and be able to have them um, used uh, by a, a reasonable population. You can't really have the same facilities in, let's say, a very small school because, you know, economically, and I know economics aren't really the reason for doing anything, but pragmatically you can't have these ma- massive resources um in in these very small schools i mean i think if you take it even further if you have a 400 to 500 people school and that was the norm in ireland you could attach them to swimming pools you could attach them to o- other other sort of facilities that we um that we don't particularly have so but i mean really i think optimal uh, uh, class size might not be the question school size might be the question now that's a big hot potato of us and in fact i explored that topic very topic in uh, summer 2019 in july i spent four um i took four episodes really to actually assess it and look into it and see um and see what we might do with it and to be honest with you one thing i learned when i explored the issue of the size of schools rather than the size of classes what i discovered when i researched it is no one is going to touch that on next week's show, I'm going to focus on principle benchmarking. Um, it's now over a decade since it was recommended that primary school principals received an increase in their allowance, but it has yet to be paid. While it's not going to take too much research to answer why this is, I'll still be theorising why it is still not a priority, and if I were the Minister for Education, 
I would pay principals their benchmarking. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode and be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning just in time for your midweek slump. It's almost sure to get your blood boiling. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify or any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to this podcast so that each new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. It's um, it's kind of funny with this particular episode. I mean, despite starting it off being quite sure where I was going with it, the more and more I kind of researched it really, I found that actually this whole um discussion about class size happens to be a bit of I think is a bit of a smoke screen um, and, and a useful smoke screen um, for the uh, for um, particular uh, entities to kind of take advantage of because really it isn't something that matters as much as people think it does but it's a very very emotive tool that can be used and it can also be used to kind of hide real issues and and such as the ones that really divide us um, I think uh, if, if I were the Minister for Education I'd probably have a look at class size but I would certainly put it down very low on my radar until we uncomplicated and untangled our education system. Look, that's all I have to say on this one. Um, I'm pretty sure it, mo- um, it, won't, it won't be agreed on because it's so embedded in our in our thoughts um, as, as teachers that smaller class sizes matter. But um, anyway, it's it's uh, I guess you, you don't have to agree with everything I say. And uh, in fact, I quite enjoy it if you don't. And if you don't agree with my um, assessment, uh, please feel free to let me know in the comments on our uh, social media channels uh, and certainly uh, be in touch. You can email me on simon at onshaw.net uh, if you wish um, or, as I said, on any of the social media channels. Listen, if you wouldn't mind as well, if you're, uh, please review this podcast if you can. Uh, give it a five-star rating so other people can find it more easily. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for listening uh, this week and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now.